Do your neighbors judge you when you run around like a madman to the mailbox? Are you spending the last of your paycheck on a book of stamps? Do you find yourself printing form letters at 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, welcome to Autographers Anonymous. Welcome to Autographers Anonymous, a place where we discuss our addiction to the greatest hobby in the world. Let's go around the room. What's up, guys? It's Mike from the Autograph Network, a.k.a. The Godfather, and we're like Disney+. Plus. We're live and streaming today. <laughs> this is Chase from Chasing Inc., and I already have up my Christmas tree. You pretty much stole mine, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm Zane Savage, and I'm dreaming of TTMs for Christmas. So we pretty much had the same idea on the intro. Whatever. Yeah, we'll move on to new returns. Mikey. All right. Uh, got some cool stuff in. Uh, I would show something I got from Scott over at Reindeer Studios, who we've, we have featured him on uh, the podcast before. But unfortunately, they are sold already. Um, he sent me two more sketches. He got signed. If you don't know uh, what we're talking about, Scott sketches drawings of like uh, athletes, sends them off, tells them to keep them, and gets a couple things signed. And he had Ron Guidry and Chris Spire sign and send back the sketches. So he donated them to Autographs for a Cure. They've already been uploaded and sold. Um, to date, thanks to Scott, I'll uh, be making close to a $75 donation to the Cancer Center um, just off of his sketches. So that's awesome. Thank you, Scott, over at Reindeer Studios. That's awesome that you uh, donated those. So, um, And got this in. Just to show you guys, this is the Orlando Health Foundation. And when I make a donation, I get one of these letters. So this is, just want to show you this real quick, let you guys know this is legit. Um, I get these in when I make donations. This was Kenneth Collins, the uh, B-2 bomb, or S-71 bomb, bomber pilot from Area 51 who sent a donation directly to the foundation through me. So I um, got that letter in. Just want to let you guys know that autographs for here, when you guys do donate something and I sell it, it goes to um, the Cancer Foundation. Uh, I did get something in from Slab City, who is a sponsor of the podcast, and it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> this is the this was the November submission. It came back real quick, which is surprising, but um, I had a couple things done. And uh, this is a napkin signed by Evil Knievel. And it is authenticated. It's in a monster slab. Uh, I think it was $15 for the authentication on this and then $3 extra for the larger slab. But uh, paid $12 for that napkin off eBay. $15 slabbed and authenticated. Now, the interesting one that came back... <laughs> Uh, if you guys have, re have watched the show before, we did a case against fake news against Bob Dole. <laughs> fake news. So there's the signature. There and we is... talked about this. If you have a tainted pool <laughs> of authentic <laughs> autographs to authenticate with, you authenticate wrongly. This, so. this says it's authentic from PSA DNA. They oh, just wow. forgot to put the Elizabeth in front of the bar. <laughs> so um, I did this after we did the case against just to see, and it came back authentic. So, yeah. Hey, 
it's amazing how he can barely sign like you know one day and then sign perfectly the next day. He's he's got one working arm and yep. yeah, but everything. Anyways, came back authentic from PSA. Hey, you need to post that to the fails up there on uh, there's a third tiger thread right now that Chase let me know about. It's about PSA fails. That should go up there. Fail. All right, I uh, did get some TTMs in, so let's uh, do this. Kathy Kirsch, she was in the original Batman series. And a little side note, she was actually married to Burt Ward, who played Robin. She signed four, which I've been sending four because a couple of them are going for autographs for a gear. Um, and old school ding. There you go. Ding. Old school. Uh, this was a cool return. This is a Medal of Honor winner. And this is James Fleming. And anytime you get a Medal of Honor winner. That's pretty cool. Um, they got some amazing stories. If you want to look him up, James Fleming, Vietnam Medal of Honor winner. Uh, sent this one because if you read a story, uh, relates to that, the helicopter uh, sent a couple extras. This is a postcard with the Medal of Honor and some information, and also a very cool uh, business card. Sign. Those will be on eBay next week, by the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, this one I sent to New York, where he is a very famous Broadway star and normally known for auto pen. But taking a closer look at these, these look legit. Lynn what? Manuel Miranda. Hey, are you going to be posting one of those on autographs for a cure? <laughs> maybe there he is in Hamilton thought this was a cool shot from Sesame Street when he was a guest star too bad Carol Spinney's not signing anymore and right yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't think he is anymore and he was in the Disney movie Moana but when I got him back I was like oh great I got the uh, I got the auto pen but they are they're definitely different and look like live ink so got lucky uh signing four uh this is jim dale and he's an old actor voice actor but i mainly got him because he does some uh voice work for the audiobooks for harry potter so i got a couple harry potter things signed and then a couple things he was actually in a couple of movies Uh, next little tip for you guys, you guys are sports fans. Um, I got a couple of Tampa Bay lightning players and their prospects. They were up on the main roster. This is Nolan foot. Um, he's actually got his brother. I'll show that in a minute, but, um, he got sent down to the minors. So if you guys follow a team and your fans and these guys get sent down, try them at the minor league level because they are usually better signers than they are at the pro level. On that note, Victor Oladipo is going to be sent down to the G League, I think, uh, in the next week or two. So they might send to the G League affiliate of the Pacers. There you go. Yep. Try, try and get them early um, because a lot of these guys, if they turn out to something you know, big time, you know, they're much harder to get. So um, got 
that was Nolan Foot. I'll show his brother in just a minute. Well, Oladipo is um, actually already an All Star. It just he's going. He's in rehab. Like he got injured, so he's going down to start back up and kind of build his way back up. So that's another tip. If guys get injured, they sometimes rehab in those yep. places, and uh, sometimes you can get them there. Exactly. It's kind. Of, it's almost like via venue. You know, for uh, professional baseball players, if they get sent down, it's usually in Double A AA or Triple A level. You know, they're there for a couple weeks. Worth a shot. Uh, this is Ingrid Groot, old actress. Like I said, I've been on this kick where I'm trying to get these old actresses before they pass away. But uh, the Killer Shrew, old old time movie, and uh, I believe she was Miss Sweden. So again, old school ding. Uh, wouldn't be a show if I didn't get an astronaut in. So here is Lauren Shriver. Uh, pretty cool. He actually carried the Olympic torch in Atlanta. Uh, what was that? The 96 games. So there he is in front of the, one of the space shuttles with the torch. So that's pretty cool. Fun fact. Uh, those used to be very rare, the torches, I guess. And as years have gone by, I watched this on Pawn Stars the other day. As years went by, like they've doubled the amount of people that carry the torch. So now it's actually a pretty common item to find a torch that's been used in the Olympics because it's like doubled almost every year. The nice. amount. It's like in the thousands. It's like I think it's like 10,000 or something now. It's like a crazy amount. Do they, they get to keep them? Yeah. You get to keep them if you carry it. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know yep. that. Yep. Um, so here we go. I'll just go through my typical spiel. Um, generic space shuttle launch portrait and something in space. That's a cool shot eating like Skittles or something and they're floating in zero G. Uh, this one, huge return because it, he just doesn't sign. Um, or if he does, no one ever writes to him. Uh, Jim Fax again. <laughs> no. uh, Jim Cummings is a very talented voice actor. Um, on this one, Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. Um, there's Trans- a Winnie, Winnie the Pooh shot. Um, but I wrote to him because he voices Hondo Anaka in uh, the Star Wars cartoons. It's also the featured character at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge here in Orlando and also in California. Um, so this shot is actually from the queue and the animatronic is awesome. So that is a shot of the animatronic and it's based off Hondo. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, he also sent me a nice little note here with a couple little hand-drawn sketches. So Winnie the Pooh and some character names. So pretty awesome from from an actor you don't see returns from much. Uh, Walter Hill, director, writer, Brewster's Millions. Um, He did a couple other films, uh, The Warriors, and I think something else. I got one of those posted, I think, or set to be posted on autographs for a cure. Um, I showed Nolan foot earlier and this is his brother who also plays for the Tampa Bay lightning. Callum foot again, a, a minor couple minor, of feet there. Yep. Two feet. So <laughs> my, minor league success, uh, they got sent down. They'll definitely be on the main roster in years to come. So like I said, get them, get them while you can get them early. Uh, this was a resend I sent late in a season last year, um, but this is Ike Hilliard. I think he's a 
special teams coach for maybe the Washington Redskins, a former New York Giant. And last one, uh, again, just an old school pitcher, Gigi Perry. This is the old Abbott and Costello uh, dance with me. So she was in that, but she was also in Bedtime for Bonzo, the old chimpanzee TV show, child actress. Now, are those Amazon prints? Uh, these are, yes. I'm, yeah, they're pretty sharp. I, I don't know if it's just me. They look nicer than the old ones. Um, Maybe it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're. Oh. I'm super happy with the quality and the speed is phenomenal. Like I'm, yeah, ex I'm exclusively on... Uh, Amazon right now just because I can order photos and with Prime you get free shipping and the turnaround time a couple days. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. So yep. um on that, let's see. I think that's pretty much it. Kind of a slow week for TTM. So John Snyder has a question for you. Are they the sons of Adam Foote? Uh I'm not sure. I think there's a third brother and that it, there's a third foot. <laughs> yeah, I I think it might be I think he's the oldest brother, Adam Foote, and I think those are the two younger brothers. So, Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Chase. What you got? All right. It's been a while since I've been on, so I got quite a bit here, but not uh, – Who is not this guy? <laughs> Who let yeah, him on the podcast? Uh, got in another uh, spring training success. Uh, Brewers manager, Craig Council. Got a couple from him, which puts me at 52% on spring training. So 52 out of 100. Still hoping to get a few more coming in, you know, into the season. So we'll see. I got uh, Larry Bittner. Uh, we got uh, Dion James. Two there. One for the, uh, the yellow 91 set I'm working on. For the set. Yep, and I got this one, which is a dual sign, but um, the first time I got it signed, this is Dion James here, I got it signed over here by Albert Hall, thinking that was Albert Hall, but apparently it's not. I didn't do enough research, and uh, it's uh, Gerald Perry, so he was on the same team, so, you know, hey. Now it's a team card. Yeah, right, it is a team card. Here's uh, Roy Smith. Let's see, uh, Scott Scudder. Got Will Clark. Nice. Bo Allard. So I got four of him. Reason I sent for the set. Minor league card. Is Clark a one per? Yeah, he is. I've, yeah. I've gotten him... It's through uh, San Francisco, but during the season and spring training. But yeah, he's a one per. He's one of those guys that was a borderline Hall of Fame, but he pretty much knew he wasn't going to make it. But he was like pretty popular back in the day. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm mainly trying to get my uh, my Rangers cards from my Rangers project and work. There was on. a lot of Rangers like Juan Gons the same way. Yeah, like he super popular. Like you, you could see if he was elected, it would be okay. Yeah, but like. I don't know. They're on the edge. Yeah, Gonzalez. Rafael Palmero changed a lot. Well, yeah, Palmero. Being, <laughs> yeah, being uh, being from Texas, I've gotten his in person a lot early in his career, and then now it's it's a way different change. Um, one of the things I've been doing is getting the checklist signed by uh, 
umpires that was umpires in 91. So I know Troy got his in first, but here's my uh, pair of tatas. Those are some beautiful tatas. Look at those. Yeah, Terry Cooney, Mike Riley. Mike Riley's from uh, uh, let's see. right next to my hometown, by the way. Greg Kosick, Kosk, I guess. Everybody retires to Florida. Right, yeah. Um, Dan Morrison. Uh, Larry Barnett. Here, we'll go this way. <laughs> Let's see. You got, uh, what is his name? Don Dinker. Wait. Dinker. But he signed on the back. Uh, one I got in today, Dell Scott, and then uh, on to football, which is uh, very uh, uncommon for me. I just recently started doing football, and I'm gonna start off with Zinin Andrusition. Uh, can you repeat that, sir? Zinin Andrusition. Hey, sir, can you repeat that just one more, just one more time? Can you, <laughs> can you, can you spell that for me, please? That that one took me a while to, to get down. Uh, Chris Barr, uh, Carl Hairston, uh, and then actually a lot of these cards that I'm showing, I sent off uh, like index cards, and they sent these cards to me. So it's just extras. Mike Lucci. Uh, John Capetti, I think. I don't know. I, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you monster. Deron Talbert. And then um, we got Mr. Roger Craig. You actually got a couple from him. And then let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll switch over. I got one through a Mr. Rogers uh, phase. So I got um, Handyman Joe, Mr. Rogers. See if I can get it all in there. So I, I, I send off bigger pictures than Mike, so it takes up more of the screen. <laughs> uh, Officer uh, Clemens. Then Mr. Freely himself. Or Mr. McFreely. And then I uh, got a Broadway success from Brian Cox here on from X-Men. And then for one of my favorite shows, Deadwood. But yeah, that's uh, a nutshell what I got in the last couple months. <laughs> Perhaps, dude. Deadwood's like one of the best shows ever. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, I try and get them out when I can. Um, just so you know, John corrected you, Mike. So, yeah, thank you, thank you, John. <laughs> you were wrong. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on to the collector spotlight, and the collector spotlight this week is Henry S. He can be found over at YouTube. Uh, we're actually gonna post a link right down below that'll be available um, on Facebook and on YouTube and on our podcast. So you can just click down below after this airs, and you can subscribe to Henry S. Henry is basically a collector of all, a lot of things, uh, stamps, 
um, first day cover, stuff like that, along with autographs. So if you're into that kind of stuff, he's definitely a mega collector. He gets a ton of that stuff in. He's got and, a uh, really big NASA collection, too. Big NASA collection, yeah. And he also has he's been a fan of the show for a while so we thought we'd give him a shout out uh he's had a youtube channel for a while and and post pretty regularly so uh we thought to give him a shout out on this and uh give uh henry s a, uh, a subscription over there on youtube so again link is down below for that so let's move on to the topic which is the cure to burnout people get burnout on a myriad of things you can get burnout on work you can get burnout on collecting itself. You can get burnout on making YouTube videos. You can bur- get burnout on making a podcast. No, I'm kidding. You would never get burnout on that. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so we want to talk about what happens uh, when you, wh- why do you get burnout? Some of the priorities that may fix the burnout and uh, obviously the cure that should fix the burnout. So um, cause guys, what causes burnout um, whenever you're a collector? Uh, before we get started, just a quick shout out to Brother DK. What up, oh, DK? He's in the house. DK in the house. It's DK. Um, I, I think burnout happens when when you start pushing too much, and it, it, you take away some of the fun. What I mean by pushing is like when you feel like you have to get something out. Like I've I've got to get out TTMs. I've got I've got a stack of photos, or I've got to get YouTube. I've got to get those likes. I've got to get those views. So I I keep pumping out content when it becomes something you feel like you have to do, I think that's when burnout starts to set in is when it's not fun, where it's more like a job where you look at it. Like I've, I've got to do this and you just keep doing it. And you're like, I got to get these out. So I think that's where burnout comes from. So you think it's all frame of mind kind of like you, you look at things as a hobby or something you do for fun. And once you turn that switch to something you have to do, it becomes a job. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the pressure that you put on yourself and that comes from like when you post on, you know, for me, social networks um, and, and when negativity comes into play too, like um, like for social networks, I'm not posting on social networks right now because I'm burnt out from all the freeloaders and leeches and, you know, Addy, 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 yeah. addy. <laughs> collectors are a-holes my saying is you know when when you don't post an address or you you choose not to do something for a private reason and you get bombarded with oh you you don't support the the community we're all supposed to help each other or addy, 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 addy. you know nobody wants to put in the work i think that's that's taxing stuff like that is taxing that burns you out um for YouTube videos, when you feel like, you know, I, I've got to get to a certain amount of subscribers. I've got to get those likes. You know, when when you start crunching the numbers and not just putting out content because you want to, that's I I think that's where a lot of the burnout comes from. So I think that, that would go under a different category, maybe of just extra stress, maybe like um, just more stress related than actual like feeling like a job. So you got two reasons there. Chase, you got anything? Uh, on top of that, uh, maybe financial burnout. Yep. Just you know, if I know, like you know, Mike and a few of the other ones, they send out a bunch of the four by sixes, so it's one stamp there, one stamp back. But if you get into like the eight by tens, then you're looking at you know three to four stamps, depending on if you're putting cardboard and all that. So then you're looking at you know five bucks a turnaround, and if you're sending out a whole bunch and then not getting any return, you, you know. That uh disappointment. 
you know, disappointment. That, exactly. Disappointments yeah. would definitely be a bigger one. Yeah. And DK brings up a good one too. Competition. You know, when when you look at somebody else's returns, let's, I'm going to use Garrett for a perfect example because he gets in. He used to call them big boppers. I mean, he used to bring in some big names. And when you're when you feel like you've got to compete with that as a collector. You know, if I if I'm bringing in, you know, somebody like Gigi Perel, you know, and I'm he's he's bringing in a, a Tom Brady, you know, out on a private address, you, that's you, that the competition, you know, adds to the stress, and that's I think you can get burnt out trying to compete with other people too. Right. Yeah. So I think it comes down to your frame of mind, um, kind of with all this stuff. It, it's it's where you are mentally. I think depression could be a part of it. Um, you tend to be less motivated whenever you uh, are going through depression or just a down, a downward spiral a little bit. Everybody has their ups and downs. And when you're on that downward cliff, maybe you're just not feeling like doing it. You just kind of want to sit and eat Cheetos and watch a movie. You know, um, I think that definitely plays into it. Um, I think those are all really good, like reasons people will get burnt out. And a lot of times it's a combination of those. It's not just one. Um, it's, it's, it's all that stuff that feeds into it. Um, I, I did want to talk about priorities when it comes to collecting, which I think people don't think about a lot. Me and Chase were talking about this right before the podcast. Um, we are big advocates of putting, you know, your family, your uh, income, your, uh, your well-being above collecting. And some people don't do that. Some people put collecting number one because this is their the one thing that they feel like is the release. But in making it your number one priority, it's not your release anymore. It's almost your addiction slash uh, downfall. Um, you got to put everything else in front of collecting. I mean, um, I, I I admire people that collect like massive collect like over the years like have massive collections. I admire them, but I would also you know. Like I, I urge them to look, step back a little bit and, and look at things and say, what's important to me and, uh, and make your decisions based on stepping back and, and not just being in the moment all the time and just wanting to feed that drive because eventually those things that we ca- uh, said will cause burnout will happen if you keep down that road. And uh, there's things that are worse than burnout. Um, you know, there's more extreme consequences that can happen if you keep going down that road. Um, other than burnout. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, you know, somebody starting out in this hobby, if, if I have advice for them that this hobby is expensive and I'm not talking just financial, it costs a lot of time and money and that can definitely lead to burnout. And it, you're right. Priorities, you know, I, I show a lot of returns every week and this is this is my release you know i i send stuff out but i also take care of everything else ahead of the hobby the hobby right. is definitely not number one in my life you know i've you guys have seen archer in videos he is number one i've got a, a wife and kid and they are well above the hobby stuff so i i think that can lead to to a lot of burnout and stress too because yeah. you know if somebody has you know four or five kids and trying to do this hobby and really be active in the hobby you you've got to step back sometimes and say yeah this is not important 
and you can still be part of the community and, and part of the hobby. We're not saying that, but like, you know, you just have to take an account. Like, what am I giving up to get this, you know, hobby, uh, experience this hobby the way I feel like I should, like, what am I giving up to do that? Now you're giving up time, you're giving up money and who else is that affecting? So, um, you got anything on priorities, Chase? Now that pretty much covers it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, you gotta, you know, line up your priorities. <laughs> yep. I mean, collecting is fun and keep it at fun. Whenever it's not fun, you know, whenever you're, you know, struggling to, uh, you know, buy bread and, you know, put milk on the table or whatever. And, <laughs> and, uh, but you got a stack of, uh, envelopes and stuff ready to go you know it's yeah there's some priorities that you need to be sure you do i'll also add i'll add to that that like if you make it into a business it's not going to be a hobby anymore so you have to realize that like if you if you turn around and be like okay this is going to be my job now or even a a part-time job maybe you work full-time job and you want to make some money on the side once you turn that corner it's no longer a hobby like you got to throw that out the window because uh you're you have to do it every day. If you, if you, if you make it into a job, it's part of your income and that's, you know, that's part of the game, man. Like once you turn that around, you gotta get, you gotta know what, you know what you're getting into. I think a lot of people don't once they do that, like, Oh, this is going to be my do what you love. They say you won't uh, do what you love. And you won't work a day in your life. That's what they say. Right. Yeah. That's not true. No matter what you love, it's going to be a job. And, uh, you just have to look at it totally differently at that point. Um, so we talked about all the bad stuff. Let's talk about the cures. Um, priorities is obviously one of the things that comes into the cure uh, category because if you set your priorities straight, it should help you along that path. But what else can you do to kind of cure burnout? Uh, time off would be obviously one that is obvious. Obviously, one that is obvious is double entendre. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely take time off. Like, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong. You don't have to quit the hobby. Uh, you can you can step back and that's that's not an issue um for me if if i get burnout you know i i try and focus on i'm making my collection my own i don't i don't get caught up in you know other people's collections people can get you know the mike trouts and the Derek jeters and have all that you know i i like getting in you know, my astronauts, you know, they may not be top dollar autographs, but it's, you know, my collection. So for me, one thing that helps with burnout is I find something I enjoy and then I broaden it. You know, I, I'm, I don't have to get a Buzz Aldrin, you know, I can find the countdown, you know, guy that was there during the challenger. And when I get that in, that excites me about the hobby. You know, so you find something that you enjoy and if you post it online, you, you may get negative comments from collectors because it is not a top dollar autograph. And you can't, if, if you're bothered by that, stay offline. Um, That's, that's probably my best advice because your collection is your own and make it your own and enjoy it. You know, I, when we do the case against or something, I go through my binders trying to find something because we've talked about this. I'm not organized. So I don't know where stuff is. I'm flipping through my binders and I'm like, Oh, look at that. That's cool. That's cool. And it's, you know, it's stuff I've gotten in and, you know, most people don't care about, but 
you know, it's, it's my collection and I, I enjoy it. So that, that helps me with burnout that I, I find something I enjoy and I make it my own. I would call that a change of perspective, almost like uh, looking at it a different way to kind of refresh your view of the hobby. Um, so how long uh, on burn on, we were talking about taking a break. How long have you guys ever taken a break? And if so, how long mine was like, uh, what's going on seven years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I don't think I've I've had like an extended break. I've I've taken breaks from social networks, but you know I'm I'm still collecting just because I'm not posting online. I, I'm still sending stuff out. Um, might not be in masses, but I I'm always finding somebody to send something out. So, you know, if I get one or two out a week and get one back, you know, that's great. And then you know there I go through periods where I send out fifty, you know, a week. You know, it just, it just depends, but you know, I, I, if so I, just breaks, raised. yeah. So, I, and, it, and it could be break specific too. Like I said, I'm taking a break right now from posting on social networks. I, you know, I'm just, I'm stepping back from that aspect because I'm like, it's great yeah. for the show, by the way, I'm yeah. <laughs> exclusives. <laughs> no, this is all exclusive stuff. So, um, you know, but it, I'm taking a break from that aspect, but I'm still collecting. So. Yeah. Uh, Chase, uh, have you taken many breaks? If so, how long? Um, yeah, I've, I've taken breaks and, and just, let's see, I've, I've taken, like, I took a probably five or six year TTM break for a while, but during that time I was still going to an IP, going to conventions, going to games and doing stuff. And I personally, I like doing the IP better because you're right there in front of them. You're having a good time, especially now that, um, uh, you know, I've got kids that are old enough to start enjoying it as well. Like the, the few NASA returns I get are actually from my son. He's, you know, he's big into space. So I've, we've watched, you know, space movies. We would go onto YouTube and watch live space, you know, like watch what's going on live. And, and so we, you know, look up and research people and stuff together and, you know, it's fun. That's what keeps it, you know, fresh for me. Right. But yeah, there like for instance, I sent out a hundred <laughs> hundred uh TTMs to spring training. I that pretty much burned me out. I've done very few current players this year. Normally I'll do probably twenty to thirty spring training, and then I'll do five to ten, you know, a month or so during the season and that, that pretty much just burned me out. There's only a handful that I actually sent out during the season this year right so, yeah i mean burnout happens it happens to everybody so i mean it's just you know dealing with it trying to and one of the things is i may you know say i'm done with sports for a while and focus strictly on entertainment or you right know, you know that's what mike was saying you know, i love that point of view i didn't even think about that you know yeah. if you do something completely different or you know you can mix it up little here little there as you go and it keeps the burnout from happening, but you, you bring up a good uh, factor of uh, burnout that we didn't, you know, the, the time constraint you, you do spring training and you have a limited window to do that. And, you know, if you do via venues, you might have a limited window of, of a run of a show. So that, that can add to burnout too, because you're like, I've got to get these out. If I don't get these out, I'm going to miss this window and you're, you're done. So I, I think, a, a time constraint can can lead to burnout too. 
I'm a big advocate of learning different trades and, and different uh, things and kind of expanding her, your horizons. And I, I love the idea of, because I'm always thinking of, bur- okay, I'm burned out. I'm going to take a break. That's automatically the first thing I think of. But going into a different field that maybe you haven't even tried before, like like uh, Chase is actually doing some football stuff. Right. Like that's that's kind of a different thing for you. You haven't done that. So like that could actually add to your knowledge of collecting in a way that you didn't think was possible. Um, I do that with reselling a lot. So like um, I'll dabble here and there. And like I know this is an autograph related, but like uh, garage sale picking, uh, buying in bulk and selling wholesale stuff. Like I like I could just do one or two here and there just to learn. And that way you are more knowledgeable on the subject. And I think it makes you a better rounded person in a lot of ways. Um, I think that goes for collecting too. You know, people that just collect one sport, you collected that sport for 15 years. Uh, yeah. A break would probably work, but if you don't want to take a break, you still want to collect, but you just burn out. Maybe just try a different sport, try uh, entertainment, try Broadway. Um and actually invest yourself in yourself in those communities. And you might be surprised in what you find. And it might be a dud. You may might hate it, but at least you tried. So I, I like that perspective a lot. Um, okay. Well, uh, you guys got anything to add before we move on for burnout? Good. That's it. All right. We're going to move on to the ad for our sponsor today. And our sponsor is slab city. So, uh, of course. Uh, Mike, go ahead with the ad. Slab City. You guys can check them out. It's run by Garrett and his wife, Tiffany. Uh, there's a link on our website, Graffers Anonymous, uh, Graffers AA, or AutographersAnonymous.com. Yep. Yep. Both of them go to the same place. But there's a link to Garrett's uh, Facebook page, which is Slab City Sports Cards and Collectibles. They run a PSA DNA submission. Uh, usually he does at least one a month. Uh, October was a full submission and that means they not only grade, uh, or they authenticate the autograph, but they also grade it. Sometimes they do a basic submission, which was the November, which I got in and, uh, that is just authentication, but, uh, go through Garrett and Tiffany over at Slab City. They get a discount because they uh, usually do a bulk submission. So check them out. Slab City Sports Cards and Collectible link on our site. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Um, and we're going to move on to the giveaway, which uh, last week we gave away a Brooks Robinson signed 8 by 10 And the winner is nobody. Wah, nobody. Wah. Nobody entered. <laughs> What the heck, guys? All you got to do is go over and click a button and answer a question. Come on, man. Um, so nobody won last time because nobody entered, man. Crickets. It's all crickets. Does Autograph for a Cure uh, win that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we get, uh, we get like, you know, 300, 400 views and listens a show uh, broadly across all of our networks. Uh, so come on, guys. All you got to do is click a button and enter. It's not hard. Um for free stuff, to, man. It's free stuff. Like literally, you don't have to pay anything. Like you, you enter it, and we send it to you free of charge. Um, but we do have the giveaway for uh, this week, and we're gonna do. And you're gonna you're gonna see these pop up quite a bit through the show, guys. <laughs> but we have the choice of either the cast signed eight by ten. Actually, I'll, be, I'll put myself full screen here, full screen, so you guys can see uh, the cast signed eight by ten, signed by uh, six of us. 
right there. Or you can get the set that has tops trading cards. They're custom tops trading cards. Fun little bits about us on the back. And uh, there's six cards in there signed by us. So you have the choice which one you want to pick. Um, that will actually be in the questionnaire. You can pick which one you want whenever you uh, answer the question. So just go to autographersanonymous.com, click giveaway, and uh, that will take you to the question. And the question is the same question as last week because you guys didn't answer it. Um, if you could have the creepiest autograph you could think of, what would it be? So this is obviously a Halloween question, but I still want to know your answers because I think you guys can get kind of creative. It can be anything you want as long as you allow it in your collection. I know some people have different standards, so get weird with it. You know, um, like uh, something signed in blood by a serial killer or something crazy. We want to hear your crazy stuff. And uh, we'll take some of those crazy ones and uh, talk about it on the next podcast. If you guys answer it, if you want free stuff, that is. Uh, again, it's autographersanonymous.com, graphersaa.com. The link's always below us. Click it and uh, enter the giveaway. You got two weeks before our next show. Two weeks, guys. Um, all right, folks. It's time for the case against. Special edition. Special edition. Yeah. Sorry, I do these. I, the special <laughs> editions are becoming regular editions, aren't they? Um, so I was butthurt that uh, Henry Winkler did not win the last one. So I made it a priority to make it a case against Henry Winkler today. Maybe so back to back called, case against. It should be called Zane's pick. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, run, I run the video here. So I feel like I have like bully pulpit. I'm like. Hey guys, we're doing the case against Henry Winkler and uh, that's just how it's going to be. So um, this is the case against Henry Winkler and I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, give me two seconds to bring up the video. All right. Henry, oh, wait, 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 are we? Yeah, here we go. Henry James Winkler. Hey. So um, this is actually an autograph I got in person and the reason we're doing this today is because I met Henry Winkler to get this, obviously. And it was a little awkward because I, I went up to Henry and I said, Hey, I really appreciate you signing through the mail. And he, he was like, Oh, thank you. In a very awkward manner. Now you would think automatically, yeah, it's going to be awkward because he's at an autograph show charging for autographs. And you're talking about him signing for free. So you wouldn't want people in the line to hear that and, you know, just write to him TTM. Well, there was no one around us. It was a Friday. It was the first day of the con. Um, it was literally just me and him, and it was a very sparse floor. So I didn't think that would be the case. So I thought it was weird that he was being kind of awkward about it. I just kind of asked him straight up, thank, or I said thank you, and he was like, Oh, no problem. Or he said something that was awkward. I don't remember exactly what he said. Uh, so that threw up red flags. And obviously I, I wanted to do more research, but I held back just for this. So we could all do it together and come out with a final uh, outcome on Henry's autograph. So this is the one I got in person. Um, as you can see, he does have the W. Uh, can we zoom in here? Yeah, there we go. Um, he does have the W in this signature. Um, that is something that is interesting when it comes to signatures coming up. So, uh, moving on, this is another, this is a book that I was signed at a book signing. 
Um, as you can see, it's got the W, got the longer W, which is actually pretty rare. Um, so that's pretty much the full signature there. You're probably, that's the best you're going to get from Henry. Here we have another in-person autograph. This is 2009. Um, I believe mine was like 2012, 2011, somewhere around there. Um, so as you can see, the little W, the, a little bit quicker than the last signature we saw in the book, but it's still there. Uh, another book signature, uh, probably a book signing. Um, this one has the big W again. So um, you have some letter variation, but not much. And now we get to some in-persons that um, barely have the W at all. It's just basically squiggles. So you have the H and then the squiggles and then the line at the end. Um, you have some disconnect here, but uh, pretty much all squiggles through. Um, one thing I do want you to look at here is the eye. Um, see the dot is right next to the eye here on the left. That's pretty irregular for us, um, handwriting. You would usually have the uh, uh, dotted eye above. And this is something that pops up frequently. I think it was actually, yeah, it is the case on mine too. It's basically connected to the left here um, on is. So um, as you can see, it's above here. All right. So, moving on, um, I believe this is also an in-person, um, and this is chopped up a little bit, but the W, if it's there, it's barely recognizable. It just kind of looks like squiggles. A little bit of a breakup. But look at the air. We got the eye again. Got the little doll in the eye. And we're getting into TTMs here. And um, I was worried. Here's what I was worried about, guys. This is why I wanted to do this. I was worried about the W disappearing on his signatures. Um, that seems to be a common thing now. It's something he does now, a quicker signature he's kind of formed to. We see this evolution of signatures a lot. And uh, people just evolve their signature. People sign differently in different places sometimes. And it seems that Henry has kind of phased the W out of his signature unless he's doing a book signing, which in a lot of the cases, he will do the W. Um, so this is, as you can see, 2009. It's got the W, and uh, everything else looks pretty good. The I is not dotted the exact same, but it is to the left a little bit. Again, these are TTMs. This is uh, his modern signature, guys. You can see the W is all gone. A very quick signature compared to what he used to sign. Um, and this one is the one that tells the whole story. So this is a TTM. Um, and this is 2012. So this is before he morphed into the kind of fluid signature. That's all in one. You still have the end of the Y there on Henry, but, uh, as you can see, it's a TTM and you have the dotted I right next to, uh, the dot right next to the, uh, top of the top left of the I. And that's, uh, that's no coincidence. That's the exact same handwriting. So you have in-persons and TTM is matching up there. And, uh, that's just Google. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, so what do I think? I think it's authentic. And I, ha I had good intentions going in trying to, I was like, I'm going to bust this one open. This is going to bust the community up. Everybody's going to be like, no, my Henry's are fake. But uh, after doing the research and uh, seeing the evidence, especially the handwriting evidence and seeing uh, characteristics in this signature that over time got sloppier. Um, that is the reason for signature variation. And most likely he was just being awkward uh, at the signing because uh, there were other, you know, he was afraid that other people might hear 
even though there's nobody around, uh, I could still see him, him being fearful that somebody could hear free autograph and maybe not give him the 25, 30 bucks it costs to get it. So um, that's, that's, that's my analysis. Uh, we'll see what the other guys think. Uh, Mike. All right. I, I got a few things as always, um, but you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think when you said the evolution of his signature, and I think that's what we're looking at here. Um, so uh, let's do this way. This is a PSA certified index card from 1992. Which means everything, right? They're always right. Exactly, Bob Dole. <laughs> but what I'm looking at in the Henry Winklers, um, you know, this has the W, the little, little W there. Uh, we know it's from 1992 because it's dated. But if you look at most of his signatures, the H, the first H is always a little shorter than the second one. And then very consistent, uh, we'll call it an L on, on the Winkler at, at the end. Um, so this one is listed as a TTM from 2004. Uh, very, very different signature. Uh, this looks like the example that Zane showed from a book signing where you get the full signature where he actually writes out Henry and Winkler, two very distinctive, you know, first and last name. Um, but same, same characteristics with the H and then the looping on the Winkler. Uh, this one is listed as a in-person and now we see the change in in the autograph. You start losing the W, but the consistent H, small first tower, larger second tower, consistent loop on the end. Um, then you showed a very similar one. This is the TTMs that are coming from the address 2019. And you can see the W is pretty much gone. It's just the H looping. But there's the consistent H, small first tower, second tower, and then the consistent loop. And then this is a PSA signed 8 by 10. And again, no, no W. Um, but the, the consistency is there with the other the other letters. So what what I think happened is, you know, as he was younger, you know, it took a little more time, very, very, you know, loopy with his letters, and it was had the W in there. And over time as he gets older, it's just a lot easier, probably signing a lot more rush and just it's the W's gone. But I think the consistent two letters are that H. It's almost always the same on every signal signature where it's, you know, a little shorter, a little larger. And then that, that looping at the end, he's very, very consistent with that. And every signature that I looked at those, those loops are almost, I don't want to say the exact same size every time, but very, very consistent. 
Um, so I, I think it is an evolution of his signature over, you know, he's, he's been in the business since what the 1970s with, with the Fonz. So, yeah. I mean, that's uh, maybe, maybe the late sixties. I mean, that was his popular character that was, yeah. You know, so you're, uh, you're talking 40, 40 years. Um, he, he's probably signed millions of autographs in that time. And it's just with, I think with age, it's just a lot easier and just, you know, a lot shorter. And that's, I, I think that's all it is. So for me, I'm going to say that the stuff coming out now compares to the stuff previous. I think he's been signing legit TTMs for a long time. And I will add also that uh, if you guys want to do an interesting study into evolution of signatures, his is the perfect one. I think I had 400 and something scans on star tiger. Uh, which is a great database to use. And you can actually see variations on different uh, places he signs. First, we talked about the book signings. Um, he just takes a lot more time. Sorry, I got just on mic there. Um, he takes a lot more time on his book signings than he does, say, in person. Uh, like uh, somebody holds something out for him real fast to sign. Uh, but if he's at a con, he tends to take his time more and form the W. But with all that being said, with all those differences, you can still see a variation within the years of the W disappearing. So even though there's a, ver a sub variation within the year of where it was signed, you can still see a gradual uh, decline of the W throughout the years. So it's really fun to look at. If you guys are wanting to do some signature analysis and what happens to signatures over time, uh, that was definitely a good one. Chase, go ahead. Well, I, I totally agree. I think there's, uh, you know, you got your differences between a set down paid signing at a con. You know, you have your book signing where you're buying his book. Then you have the TTM, which will be more rushed, which I think like the TTM will also be like the, I'm, you're catching him out of, you know, coming off an airplane or something like you were saying, just sticking it out there. And I think he's going to give that same quick signature. Um, but yeah, I think if you look at it, even with, you know, without the, the big W, if you, you know, if you take the W away, it's still, the rest of it still looks the same. I know some of it had like a little, you can see like a little down part where a Y was just over the years. I just think he's signed more and it's, it's evolved. I mean, there's everybody does it. <laughs> well, just about everybody. I think Betty White is pretty much the same, but <laughs> I yeah. wasn't here for the Betty White one, so but yes, that's right. I agree with y'all. <laughs> but uh, did we do yeah, Betty White? I, yeah, did we? Like, I don't uh, even remember that. Two, like not the yeah. last time, but the time before. Yeah, okay. I think we did. Wow, man. Yeah, All right. but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that you know, I think they're good. Yeah, I think um, if, I if you meet him in person, you might get a little bit of a better signature, like at a, at a convention or yeah. a book signing, but. As far as that, or maybe if you throw a little donation whenever you send your TTM, you might get a little better signature. But, yeah, I think, you know, I think they're good. Yeah, I think the um, the dead giveaway is the inscription. Um, nobody dots their eyes like that. And um, like Mike said, the I, the H has been consistent through the entire process. Like, that's that's been the same the entire time. The loop is pretty much the exact same. So um, we're going to go ahead and give our verdict, guys. Um, so we have definitely authentic, probably authentic, neutral, probably fake, and definitely fake. Um, I am voting definitely authentic. 
So what do you vote, Mike? I'm going to go with definitely authentic also. Chase? Definitely authentic. Okay, we have our verdict. Autographers Anonymous says Henry Winkler is definitely authentic. And that's our opinion. So you take it with, for what it's worth. And, and uh, I think it's been authentic for a long time, too. It was, it, like Zane was saying, it, it was cool to travel back in time because there, there's a ton of scans and just... I think he's been signing, which is cool because he's been a huge name in television for a long time. So it was cool to see. Yeah, he's definitely up there with Betty White, like the classic TTM signers that have just been just rolling through years after year after year after year. They just keep signing. And they probably had had different management that have told them, hey, you can charge money for this. You know, you don't have to do it for free. And they probably brush those people off and they just keep chugging out TTMs. So it's really awesome to see. There's not many of those people out there. So um, that's our verdict on Henry Winkler, guys. And uh, that's actually the end of the show. And I want to thank everybody who's watching live um, that was chatting it up. Appreciate it. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We'll work on those. Hopefully, we have those fixed by next week. Probably not. Um, <laughs> want to remind you guys to go over to uh, our website, autographersanonymous.com or graphersaa.com. Takes you to the same place. Link is down below. Um, go ahead and ask some questions via. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sad, sad Brooks <laughs> Robinson. Oh, nobody gets that. Um, yeah. Uh, go check out Fanatic Feedback on our website. Also, enter the giveaway. For the love of God, somebody enter the giveaway, please. Um, and it's promotion time. So, uh, Mikey, you want to take it away? Sure. Uh, as always, you can just check out the uh, the website. Zane has done a fantastic job by putting everyone's links for whatever we do on, on the site except for his. So check out Bargain History. I'll give you a plug because you plug everyone else. Um, but also check out uh, Autographs for Akir. Um, also, I want to give a quick shout out and show this. Uh, again, Scott over at Reindeer Studios. You can find him on YouTube. You can watch him draw the sketches he has donated. Uh, if you want to pause that, you can check him out there. Um, but he's donated a couple things. So thank you, Scott, for Reindeer Studios. And uh, check out Autographs for Akir. Chase? Chase. Uh Check me out on YouTube, Chase and Inc. Um, I'm going to have to go get me some uh, Henry Winker, Winkler photos to send off now after this episode. So, uh, Damn right. You uh, watch for uh, them coming in soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, Chase has a, a bunch of cool little features on his uh, YouTube channel. I will add that. Let me focus on me over here. Um, Chase has a really cool YouTube channel where he has different competitions with other YouTubers on different subjects and they'll get certain numbers uh, in for the week and they compete against each other. And then he also has where he uh, sends off the Q and a to other to celebrities and he reads those off uh, as, as a video. So go check yeah, him out. Every, every Wednesday I got a new Q and a right. So check that out. Link is down below for chase. Um, and for me uh, it is almost Christmas um, as we were talking about at the beginning of the show and uh, a great gift would be a fabric fob. It's a very unique gift folks get a piece of celebrity clothing and a keychain. Uh, pretty good prices. Uh, got them on sale right now. So go to fabricfobs.com and uh, check that out. And uh, Oh, oh wait, uh, Chase hold one up right there. Oh, what, what? Okay. I'll just pull out from everybody. Everybody can hold their stuff up. Um, so yeah, I, get, I sent the guy some for uh promotional reasons um but yeah go check those out guys fabricfobs.com and i think that's it um 
I guess all we got is you take care, all of you autograph addicts.